The Russians are coming. The Russians are here. The threats posed by Russian hackers coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. Whether tied to the Kremlin and its intelligence services or linked to Russian gangs, many of the hacks gaining attention in recent weeks are suspected to having originated in Russia. Hackers working for Moscow's intelligence services are believed to be responsible for cyber attacks that have targeted Democratic politicians. And as the New York Times reports, breaches of the Democratic National Committee, its congressional campaign organization, and the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign represent just the tip of the iceberg. As ISMG Security and Technology Managing Editor Jeremy Kirk reports, these hacks could be an attempt by the Russians to meddle in America's hotly contested presidential election. The FBI has been called in. What will the agency do next? Cybercrime is unique in the sense that there's no other type of criminal activity where private companies get so involved. CrowdStrike investigated the DNC hack and came to the conclusion of Russian involvement. The company's findings were affirmed by other vendors, including FireEye and Fidelis. But there are limits to how far those companies can go. Leo Tadeo, a former FBI special agent in charge of the Bureau's New York Cybercrime Division, says the agency has vast resources at its disposal that could help clear the mystery around who was involved. In this type of case where the suspects are a nation-state actor, the FBI brings an extraordinary amount to bear, and that's because the FBI partners with the rest of the U.S. intelligence community and the intelligence community of all of our allied nations. So we have, as you know, intelligence jobs not just looking at the crime scene, the digital fingerprints that were left behind, but also all of the collection platforms that the U.S. has and that our allies have. The ultimate goal for the FBI is to give policymakers enough information to make authoritative decisions. It's not possible to solve every cybercrime case. Attribution of cyber attacks is notoriously difficult since attackers can use a variety of techniques to mask their activity. The stakes are high. Relations between the U.S. and Russia haven't exactly been friendly lately. The FBI is expected to do is to give policymakers enough information so that they can be confident about either a response or a position to take with a nation state like Russia's. The U.S. has been less reserved about calling out nation state sponsored activity. In 2014, the U.S. Department of Justice indicted five men believed to be part of a Chinese army unit dedicated to collecting intellectual property. Later that year, the FBI attributed the devastating cyber attacks against Sony Pictures Entertainment to North Korea. A positive confirmation of Russia's activity with the Democratic Party could set a new bar for an act of cyber espionage. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. As we reported last week, because of the suspected Russian hacks, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson says the government is carefully considering designating the U.S. electoral system as critical infrastructure, such as financial services and the power grid. Such a designation, Johnson says, has several implications. It becomes very much part of our focus. There are some short-term, long-term things I think that we should do to bolster the cybersecurity around the election process. I am considering communicating with election officials across the country about best practices in the short term. There are some best practices that exist, and I think we need to share those best practices with state and local election officials soon. And then I think that there are probably longer-term investments we need to make in the cybersecurity of our election process. I think that there are various different points in the process that we have to be concerned about. This is something that we're very focused on right at the moment. But can the U.S. federal government do more to protect the electoral system, the nation's critical infrastructure, and the government itself from the Russians, other foreign hackers, and threat actors? 
Larry Clinton believes the way the U.S. government is architected doesn't provide the cyber protection it and the nation needs. Clinton is chief executive of the industry advocacy group Internet Security Alliance, and in mid-September, the alliance will publish a book titled The Cybersecurity Social Contract 3.0. The book is built around the question, if you had 30 minutes with the next president to advise on cybersecurity policy, what would you say? We need to reorganize our government model here. Government is modeled on an industrial age system. We have a banking committee and a telecommunications committee and an environment committee. Cyber cuts across all of this, and it cuts across all this in all areas. As a result, we now have 87 different committees in Congress who are looking at cybersecurity. You can't get anything done when you've got 87 different chiefs you know, sitting around the table. So we need to modernize the way we approach this so that we can become leaner, we can become leaner, we can become more focused. And if we do that, we think that there are substantial things that we can do. And if we don't do that, we have our critical infrastructure at risk, we have our economy at risk, we have our national security at risk. According to the national intelligence estimates, cybersecurity is a bigger problem than international terrorism. Mm -hmm. Yet we spend hundreds of billions on international terrorism and we spend nine billion on cybersecurity. We need to rebalance. This revolutionary approach to governing cybersecurity in the federal government requires 21st century thinking on a 21st century challenge. One of the recommendations in our book is that we need to have uh, probably a cabinet-level entity that focuses on cybersecurity, which cuts across all of the different departments, so that we can centralize cybersecurity for at least the government within that one space. And then you would have one committee that is responsible for that, the way we currently do, for example, now with the banking committee and the bank and the treasury department governs them. We do the same thing, except it's based on a functional model as opposed to an economic sector model. Economic sectors made sense in the 20th century. In the 21st century, we need to be more functional. If we reorganize it so we had one committee uh, uh, doing uh, the, uh, the appropriations uh, and, of course, one for the authorizations for this, that would streamline this process tremendously. The problem is cyber is so hot, everybody wants to be the cyber guy now. So there'll be a lot of infighting on Capitol Hill because, frankly, the biggest value on Capitol Hill is not money or politics and certainly isn't policy. It's turf. Mm. So we have to cut through the turf wars and, and streamline the process. And how do you hope to accomplish that? Well, if the next president of the United States came in and said we need uh, to address this problem, I'm making it a priority within my first hundred days and I'm proposing that we reorganize this way and I have a mandate from the uh, people to do it, I think that's the first step. And then Congress needs to support him or her in that effort. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. There's another suspected Russian hack, that of Oracle's Micro's point-of-sale system. Oracle earlier this week warned customers that it had detected and addressed malicious code in certain legacy Micro systems. BankInfo Security Executive Editor Tracy Kitten is covering that story, and she joins me. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Eric. First off, what is Micro's and what do we know about this incident? Micros Systems is a part of Oracle and builds point-of-sale software and hardware, which actually is used by quite a few customers. According to Micros' website, these point-of-sale devices and systems are used by 330,000 customers in 180 countries. It's pretty widespread. And what we think may have happened here, there was a customer support access portal that's used by Oracle to remote in to the Micros POS systems that are used by retailers throughout the world. 
this remote access portal was somehow compromised. And therefore, after the compromise, attackers were able to get in and install malicious code on Micros devices. Now, what we do know, what Oracle Micros has confirmed is that some of the legacy Micros systems used by retail customers have been infected with malicious code. What's the Russian connection here? The interesting thing about this and what is somewhat alarming is that security blogger Brian Krebs reports that he's spoken with some folks in the industry who think that the Russian crime ring that's behind the banking trojan known as Carbonac could be behind this attack as well. What's worrisome about that is that the Carbonac banking trojan, which emerged several years ago, was linked to many types of diverse attacks, everything from ATM attacks to money transfer attacks to attacks against point of sale systems. And between 2012 and 2014, the gang is estimated to have stole about $1 billion from as many as 100 banking institutions in up to 30 countries, including the U.S. There seems to be a lot of unanswered questions here. What do we know? What don't we know? Well, sure. So there are a lot of unanswered questions. The only thing that Oracle has really confirmed is that some of its customers' legacy point-of-sale systems have been infected with malicious code. What we don't know is when was this malware detected? When was Oracle's system penetrated? And how many of Oracle's customers could perhaps be infected by this malware? The other thing that we don't know is whether or not this alleged connection to the Carbonat gang is legitimate. I don't suspect that we'll ever get an answer to that question, but I do think that Oracle should come out and answer some of the other questions, such as when did it detect the breach and how far reaching do you think it, do they think it is? Those who might have been breached, what should they be doing? Oracle sent a letter to customers. They're basically recommending that customers change all of their usernames and passwords. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Eric. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.